Uh, Chuck, you start. I'm giving you the order. And when you start this podcast, I want you to do it in a way that is uplifting and makes people feel good about listening to us. Welcome to Foolish the Podcast, you bags of dicks. Perfect. I'll do a real one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Bags of dicks. That'd be... Yeah. The, yeah. So everyone's their own bag. Yes. Okay. And each and bag full of dicks. Multiple. Yeah, I don't want to. Let's not have that in the episode. All right. And intro. <laughs> <laughs> Cut all that out. Welcome to Foolish the Podcast. It's a song about a podcast, and that's what it is. The end. It's a good story. <laughs> story. Mission, mission accomplished. Sure. Mission accomplished. Like the banner on the boat. I feel good. Remember I that I would. Remember when mission accomplished banner was the big oh, scandal? No. That was Ugh. the George W. Bush, God bless God bless his little heart, walked onto <laughs> a boat that was doing yep. something else and they had accomplished their mission and they were proud of that and they had a mission accomplished banner and then he gave a speech about something. And everyone was like, uh, George, we did not accomplish the mission in Iraq. <laughs> and it was a it was a scandal that has survived long enough in my memory that it's 15 years old. It's still pretty clear. Yeah. Now it's so Here's quaint. My... It's like he just he stood in front of a banner. That's all he did. Here's my question. That banner. <laughs> yes. It takes it takes some deliberate effort to get a banner like that. Yeah, it's a... that big that says mission accomplished on sure, it. Sure. Yeah. Is is that just their default mission accomplished banner, or do you think they ordered it specifically for that occasion? Again, I don't remember, and again, I could have these facts wrong. From what it was a big ass banner. It a, well, it was on an aircraft carrier, and it stretched. Yeah. The, it was like the size of a football field. Yep. It was like one of those flags they bring out before the Super Bowl that covers the whole field. Mm-hmm. You know. From what I remember, and again, this could be wrong. They had like an independent mission that they were very proud that they succeeded. The boat did. The captain. I don't think it was on purpose. They weren't. They couldn't have been celebrating that they accomplished the Iraq war mission. But I think it got spun yeah, into that. I honestly that. don't know. I wish I had more I, information I totally don't remember. But that was a huge deal. And it was just George W. was like, uh, oops. And then Although that, Bush stated at the time, our mission continues and we have difficult work to do in Iraq. He also stated that it was the end to major combat operations in Iraq. Oh, wow. So maybe it was that banner. Maybe I must have misremembered that. Yeah. This was May 2003. So he was way off. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> he <wasn't even> close. <laughs> uh, but okay, so e- either way, you know, so they maybe they pulled 50,000 troops out and it was like, hey, you know, probably poorly worded. Yeah, it's not the best. He, he even said in the speech, our, our mission continues. Like we're not okay, done. We're, we're just saying the for the large, large part of the majority, we're not, we're, we're going to take, we're going to go from 10 to 7. Sure. Just looking at it. That, look- that, that's like me ma- making a turkey for Thanksgiving. And as soon as I put it in the oven, I'm like, all right, there's more work to do. But we did a great job making this turkey like before it even gets done cooking. Sure. But, uh, but you put that in the context. Why was that the first scenario I thought of? <laughs> I have no idea, but it's, it fits. It fits. <laughs> you put that in the context of today. <laughs> it's completely insane. Like if that would be the would that crack the top 100 things that have happened in the past year? From eat from any political candidate, the the mission accomplished thing. Yeah, would it come Ugh. even close? Not even was Probably mission not. accomplished, but like you know, politician A, A stood in front of an incorrect banner. Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> okay, I don't know. We don't. Let's not. Uh, we can move on from this. <laughs> this is the most political this show's ever gotten. Yep. Uh, yeah. Probably. I guess. How are you? No, no, how are, whatever. How are you? Well, welcome to Foolish. Welcome to Foolish Podcast. My name is Chuck. I'm Bill. Hi, Bill. Hello. Hi, Chuck. Did you get new headphones? No. I, I, you've asked this before. Right, they, they look cool. It's it, They've always been the same. Thank you. All right. What's up? How you been? I have been absolutely lovely. It's been a fun time playing video games. It's been a lot. Are we gonna? So we're going to do video, some video it's games. It's been talk. a lot. Sorry. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I think we get some video t- game video game talk. Well, it's been a long time since we talked about video games. 
That's better. <laughs> I could say I could say that easier. Video team gawk. Video anyway. team gawk. That's the new so, website from Bill Gawkerson, by the way. Ooh. Yeah, they're closing. Video team gawk. They're closing down Kotaku and starting a video team gawk. It does not roll off the tongue as someone who <laughs> has unsuccessfully been saying it. Well, clearly. Um, so we were thinking of doing a review episode on Horizon. Colon Horizon Zero Dawn. Zero Dawn. I still don't know. I've played this game. I still don't know the name of it. It's a, it's a, video games in general have terrible naming conventions. This is a pretty video bad games one. have a lot of colons with just bullshit at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, but I, I think I think we've it's been long enough to where I think we just talk about it a little bit here. Yeah, definitely. It's been an interesting uh, year in video games. The past th- three months, we've seen. It's been crazy, and it's only been three months. We've seen five. When did Final Fantasy 70 come out? What what number was that? <laughs> Final Fantasy 15. That was, it that was the end of... It can't be the 15th one. I refuse to believe. Oh, it is. That, that was the 15th Final Fantasy. The first one came out for NES. No, I think I would have guessed there's 50. <laughs> uh, when you include spinoffs and mobile games and other bullshit, sure. And remakes. Yeah. So we had... When did that come out? Was that December? November... Okay, so I late November, early December. Right, so maybe that doesn't fit in. But in January, we had Resident Evil Seven, which was a huge comeback to, you know, that was a big release. Yeah. Then we had Zelda, which was a much bigger release. I oh think. yeah. Yeah. Right. People were more excited in- about a new Zelda game than a new Resident Evil game. Oh yes, yes. But still, absolutely both big for both. Sure, both huge longtime franchises. Then we had this Horizon Zero Dawn, which had been in the works for like four years, three years. Yeah, about that. From uh, it, it showed at E three like three years ago, and then the hype train started from there. But it always was still kind of under the radar a little bit comparatively. Yeah, yeah, because it's uh, that. That's how it goes with new new um, IPs. There's like Zelda and Resident Evil have the strength of previous games mm-hmm. to sort of generate hype for them. It's very hard to launch. I mean, that's why you see so many sequels in video games because they sell more because of the name. It's very difficult to successfully launch a new franchise. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often, and, and then you had it coming off. Like, there are studios that will do that, I think, of um, Naughty Dog a little bit. Yep. Um, it, it This came from a studio that had done Killzone? Yep, that's, and that's, that's really about it. it. And, like, Killzone, I've never, I don't think I ever played a Killzone game. I never watched a minute of one happen. Killzone's like a slightly above average shooter. It's it looked, not great. It had great graphics, but it it, yeah. it was just a shooter. It looks like one of those kind of Gears of War knockoff games that happened after Gears of War came out. Maybe, kind of. maybe it was before that, but that kind of Halo-y, fight the aliens, get cool guns. Yeah, you're not too far kind of game. Yeah, and so there was, uh, no one really considered it to be a thing. And then you kind of saw some trailers, and then you showed me the game, and I was like, oh, this is going to be the best game I've ever seen. I <laughs> I got a PlayStation 4 for the reason that this is going to be very exciting to play on it. And uh, I think it's maybe have, has even overshadowed Zelda in terms of popularity, at least in the in the media a little bit, because it's so surprising. It came out like a week before Zelda did. So it it had a few days there to itself. And, and I thought when Zelda came out, it was going to completely overshadow it. But I'm surprised that there's still a lot of people that are experiencing it so uh, yeah you're kind of right um i mean not that it overshadowed zelda it, you know it, i don't know in terms of sales it, it might have just because zelda came out i don't on... think either one got overshadowed i think both of them are getting the respect that they deserve which is kind of weird and now last this week we have mass effect 3 <laughs> 4 sorry which by all means should have been i think up there with zelda should have completely blown uh zero dawn horizon i Horizon. I keep calling it Zero Dawn Horizon. Zero Horizon Dawn. Zero Hor- oh, I, I mix them all up. Dawn Horizon Zero. It's. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> they all. They all kind of work together. It doesn't actually. matter which no way matter you which, say. no matter which combo you put it. <laughs> and then Mass Effect Three had this thing where they embargoed the reviews in such a way where they kind of let the first couple hours out and it, people. Didn't, which is usually a bad sign. Yeah, people when, didn't like when it they very start. Much. Yeah. And it, it looks just like I haven't played it yet, but uh, so we're gonna talk about yeah Horizon and Zelda. Um, you have played both of them. I I, I don't get the uh, really quick. I don't get the release date from Mass Effect at all. I don't get why you don't just you know wait another week or two. Like 
you got Horizon and Zelda, especially Zelda. You got that coming up. I mean, I don't know. It's different systems, I guess, and different games and different maturity levels. But yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what other Bioware has coming up. Maybe they've got a big launch in June or something. I don't know. Don't wanna... But there's like there's gonna, there's a gap now where. Uh, crazy new games aren't going to come out for a while. Yeah, so I think it was just. A co- I feel like they're going to thrown it in a in a more open spot. Yeah, that, you're probably correct. And nothing about video game releases will ever make sense to anyone. No, because it's it's a nightmare no matter what. It if a game comes out perfectly on time with no bugs in it, it's it's somewhat of a miracle. So yeah, you know. Anyway, but, so uh, have you played Mass Effect Andromeda? I have not, and I don't really plan to until it goes down in price yeah. judging by what i've heard yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna pick up a uh a used copy in like december probably sure and play half of it and be like oh this isn't that good and then because because from what i've heard it's it's a perfectly fine way to you know waste some time and that like the combat's fun and it's a it's a fun game but it's nothing that's going to it's not a seven have any game. large impact on me so yeah it's yeah. yeah okay so not unlike these next two games yep so i guess let's start with zelda because that's one only okay. you have played, and I haven't played it, and I have questions about it. Because <laughs> okay. I still don't understand the Zelda games very well, and I want to. Um, this came out for the Nintendo Switch, and also the Nintendo Wii U. Correct. You have the Wii U. Yes. How do you pronounce the Wii U? Like that? The Wii U? Yeah, the, Wii U. The Wii U. <laughs> yes. Is it Wii or is it you? I don't know. It's, it's a Wii U. It's all of us. Yeah, yes. Uh, so tell me about it. This game got rave reviews. I think it got a perfect 10 in IGN. It got like a 9.75 in Game Informer. It's the best game that's ever come out. It's the best open world game that anyone's ever played. And I, I look at it and it looks kind of cartoony to me and I don't understand. So tell Some me. Some people have said that. Tell me about the, why this game is so good. Um. So the world is absolutely incredible. It's Okay. It's so... It's not graphically even close to what Horizon is sure. because it just doesn't have the power to be so. But in a way, it's it it works better than Horizon does just because, um, not to compare the two games because there really isn't too much of a comparison, but um, the game has just an incredible amount of freedom, even for an open world game, and it's more about discovery. It's just a very... Everything in the world in this world is some sort of cool discovery and it's I, I don't know how to explain it in a way to where you could picture it in your head yeah but it um it's a very vague term but um so throughout this world there's oh man it's so hard let's, to explain so let's, but let's start, why it's great let's, no that's okay we're gonna we're gonna do this because i, I want to figure it out and i've never been able to wrap my head around why zelda games are great that's mostly because okay. I haven't played them, so I'm not saying they're not great. I'm saying I don't know what makes them great. Um, so it's a third-person runaroundy game. Yes. Right. You get dropped into this big kingdom. What's it called? Hyrule. Hyrule. Um, and you play as Link. Mm-hmm. You have a sword. Yep you you get a sword called the Master Sword. Yep. Good name. Do you have what's your other combat? What's your combat? What's your basic combat mechanic? Uh, typically fighting with a sword, but he also uses a bow. Uh, 50 50, 60 40, 70 30. 70 30 sword to bow. Okay. Is it now? I think of sword games. I think Skyrim Sword. I think The Witcher. What's the. It's more of a button mash, right? Kind of. Yeah. It's it's more. It's closer to Witcher than it is to Skyrim. Is it nuanced um, combat, or can you just kind of pick it up and, it, and press it? It's B? very. It's, it's pretty simple combat. Sure. There's. It's. It's blocking with a shield it's dodging with either like side steps or backflips and then the slashing attacks are pretty standard basic slashes there's nothing too complicated about it the only complex mechanic is you hold in the button and you do like a charged up like spin attack okay and what when you're in the world zelda's captured um no not always it's not like a it's one. not like a mario thing she no, she's not captured. Okay, what's your goal? They're they're always they're always trying to to stop evil, which usually is a a guy named Gannon. Okay, Steve Gannon, so, the guy that runs Trump's White House. Yep, yep, that's him. <laughs> Just uh, as ugly. Okay, so that's the the plot is to stop Gannon. Where do the where do you find the enemies? What is the conflict of the game? The mission to mission conflict. 
So usually you don't have enough power when you start the game to defeat Ganon, so you have to... Um, so usually you don't start with the Master Sword. You have to accomplish some sort of goals to get the Master Sword. So in the earlier Zelda games, that was completing a lot of dungeons. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd have to go to dungeons, and there would be some boss that would be storing some sort of ancient power that you would get, and that would give you enough power to get the Master Sword. Okay. Um, each dungeon also usually had some sort of item um, that would help you, one, complete the dungeon because there are puzzles. Yep. And two, advance farther in the game. Like uh, one dungeon, for instance, would have a hook shot, yeah. which is, you know what a hook shot is? No, but I know the concept of getting an item to keep going. Keep, so, you, going. You sh- so you like shoot it at a wall and you like can can glide sure. to that wall, okay. like that kind of like deal. A batter- like a bat- battering, bat-, bat pulley. What is that thing called? Yes. Grappling hook. Yes, a bat Yeah, exactly. That thing. <laughs> Whatever you said. Yeah. So that's generally the game, and and th- in between all these dungeons and and bosses, there are usually things to discover, secret areas. Um, you used to get like, uh, you used to kind of note when you were in the world. Oh, I can't get to this yet until I get this item, and then I'll have to go back to it and get some sort of secret item. And that's a pretty frequent video game kind of rule. So this one completely throws that on its head. Okay, this Zelda does. So many different things that the Zelda's previous didn't do. Mm-hmm. There are no long dungeons in this game at all, um, which is weird. It was very weird as a, a fan of those to get away from that. Instead, the world is kind of a dungeon, um, and there are things throughout it called shrines, which are usually there used to be these dungeons where you would go through a whole bunch of puzzles mm-hmm. all at once in order to get through it. Now there are these shrines scattered throughout the world, and it's like mini puzzles it's there are puzzles scattered throughout the world that get you more life and more stamina that sort of thing sure and all the puzzles are really cool okay what's so can you we'll do a spoiler alert for zelda fan person can you walk me through one of the cooler puzzles that you've encountered uh um one of the cooler puzzles is a oh boy um so some of them are motion controlled to where you actually have to hold the the controller one of them is like you know that when you move the ball through the maze and you have to tilt the sure tilt like a platform to move the ball through the maze yeah, yeah, yeah. so um one of them is that you do it with the controller or with the switch but this game has like no rules you can constantly break the rules and you think haha i tricked the game but the developer really actually has that as an option what i actually did was i i sucked at moving the ball through the maze yeah, so i was like impossible. let me try something I was like, let me try something. So I flipped the controller completely over mm-hmm. to the flat side of the maze and I and see. put the ball on that part of the maze and just did it that way. And I was like, oh, I tricked the game. But really, it was just an option. that. So And there's a lot of stuff like that built into the framework of the game? There's a lot of stuff that there's four or five different ways that you could probably do this. How does because the- it, it's very physics-based. It's very um, element-based. I... I like there's there's temperature there's you could set things on fire and complete things that way. Um, like there was a platform I had to get to. It was covered in thorns, and I was like, oh, I don't know how to. Like there's a pillar that I could climb to to jump over the thorns, mm-hmm. or one of the things that I thought of was, oh, I have flint and wood with me. I'll just make a fire and then I will shoot an arrow through that bonfire and set the thorns on fire. So that was another way to do it. That's pretty cool. That's that's something that video games have gotten better at as we've come along. It's always been, this was like in a, you saw it in like Mass Effect 3 or something. You know, there'll be a three foot wall you can cover behind, but you can't jump over it. Yeah. It's like, well, you, my character is the best athlete in the world and he can't jump over a three foot wall. Yeah, the, it's dumb. It's, Horizon did that too. Horizon you, you does couldn't, it. Go ahead. There's a lot of things you couldn't climb. Yeah, which is the most infuriating thing about any open world game, with the exception maybe of like Grand Theft Auto, um, because they don't have these. You just can't go up hills sometimes. Yeah, so this game you can literally climb anything, and that's a lot of this game is just getting to a high point, looking around saying, oh, that looks interesting, and then you just like zoom right to it. Yeah, that's cool. Because remember in Skyrim you could use your horse to get up mountains and stuff? Yeah. But you couldn't walk up mountains. You had to go around. It'd be, it'd be a pain in the ass. Oh, yeah. So this kind of eliminates that a little bit? Oh, yeah. Or all yeah. the way? Yes, all the way. Yeah, okay. You can climb anything. How are you talking on story? Um, it's typical Zelda story. You don't 
it's you don't really play it too much for the story. Okay. The story of if you're looking for a story game, Zelda really isn't going to be your bag. Um, the story in almost every Zelda game is Ganon's evil, and we have to stop him. Okay, that's almost sure. always the story. That's fine. Um, I think I get a little bit more. I think I still just got to play one of these games. Yeah, this would be a weird Zelda to st- like. I was trying to think like if I started with the Zelda and then went back to the other Zeldas, how that would work. Um, it'd be interesting. This is like a Zelda that really has gotten modern. Mm-hmm. Um, it realized some modern things that it had to do. It has a lot of Western influence to it, which is it. It's really cool. Yeah, but it's only on Nintendo consoles, so I'm never gonna play it. I after I'm done, I can <laughs> let you borrow it. Borrow the whole Wii. Yeah, I don't. I don't use it for anything else. Of course not at the Nintendo console. Yeah, exactly. All right, so. that's that's the thing. People buy a Switch, and I'm like, I'm like, there's only Zelda on it. That's, Why am I going to spend three hundred dollars for for something that's only Zelda? As much as I love Zelda. Um. So I'll I'll ask this question as a way to transition into Zero Dawn that we can both talk about. How you talked? You said one of the main things about Zelda was that it's based on discovery. I think Horizon was also very much about kind of figuring out that world a little bit. How do you sure. think they're most similar? Other than being an open world game. Was there anything that struck you about these games while you're playing? It's like, oh, I've, this is because Horizon kind of broke some new ground in a lot of ways. Anything in Zelda? You can say um, no. Uh, the, the enemies that you encounter in, in both, like, I would say that both of these games are, the enemies are surprisingly lethal in both games. Horizon was. A- I, I, I've been used lately to games being sort of easy to. Mm-hmm. You just put in enough time and you get super super strong. But even in, in in both games, even late on, these like you find one enemy randomly in a field and it's like, oh, if you don't re- if you don't be careful, this thing could destroy you. That happened in Horizon from the start, and it didn't stop, for the most yeah, part. Not not really. No. Um, Horizon was a hard game. Oh, uh, yeah, it was fairly difficult. As far as open-worlders are concerned, I think open-world games are kind of designed to be easy because they have to be, you know? Kind of like you said, because yeah. it, it's they just can't make it so difficult because the world's so huge. You can't be dying and restarting, and it's, it will just take a billion years. Uh, right. Horizon did such a good job of increasing the di- difficulty of the game in an organic way. Like, a lot of games will just make the same enemies over and over again, but the enemies will just have more hit points. Or there will right. be more of them. Sure. Horizon just kept throwing brand new enemies at you. So you were pretty far along to the end of the game. Yeah, it had pretty much the perfect amount of enemies. Um, it didn't have so many to where it's just a blur of enemies, but it had enough to where like, there was a variety, but you also knew, oh, it's this thing. I have to mm-hmm. do this. I have to have this strategy for that enemy. The yeah, that was a big. The there were like thirty-five different enemies, maybe something like that. I think maybe maybe even less than that. I don't know, yeah. but um, well, I guess if you factor in the types of different human enemies, mm-hmm. like there was the big brute guys and the guys with the kind of machine gunny things and the archers or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah, they did such a good job of. Okay. I encountered this new beast. I remember when I got to the desert, and that's when the game really kicked into gear for me when you get to the desert. Yep. Um, you kind of drop into this field, and there's these giant tramplers, I think. They were just big, big, huge bulls. It's like I haven't seen yeah. anything like this before, and I have no idea how I'm going to fight it. And you spend, you know, the next hour or so kind of figuring out that kind of enemy. Then you finally get through that part, and nope, now there's a giant bird, and it's a completely <laughs> different fighting mechanic. It's not even close. The mechanic's the same, but a strategy. And then it yeah, gets they the all bird have these weak you. points, and okay, I have to use fire on this thing or whatever. And just the way you approach them, like you can, yeah, it it, it, it was such a, a well done game. I think it's the best collection of enemies I've ever seen in a game, and I think that's what makes. I think that's its best feature. I would kind of agree with you. Uh, actually, not kind of. I would agree with you, and I also love that, like all these enemies have different weak points on them, and each weak point is connected to like one of their attacks yeah that was really cool so if you want there was like this ostrich thing where if if i didn't shoot the antenna at the top of their head they'd call a bunch of people so yeah. it's like okay i have to i have to shoot that thing first and then it can't do that attack anymore i always considered them to be big roosters <laughs> of course you did i think we could go down the list and talk about some of the horizon enemies and i kind of want to get your take on what real Which life animal, animal it is? were they closest to <laughs> um that's not a bad idea 
I remember the, the, the first time, even maybe before the Bulls, I had that experience with before, like you're in that first zone and you get the, uh, the tigers kind of thingies, like the, the, the scavengers, what are they called? Mm-hmm. The scrappers and the, uh, sawtooths. Yeah. yeah. Sawtooth. Yeah. And that's kind of it for the first third of the game until you come across, there's this one little mission. If you do it before the desert that you, you, you run into the crocodile thingies. Oh yeah. And they're just gigantic. And you're like, Oh, this is okay. There are really big enemies in this game. And yep. they're not even close to the biggest ones. Uh, <laughs> nope. <laughs> and it's just what's the big the Thunderjaw? The Thunderjaw is just or the bird the the fe- the phoenix the guy the yeah, the huge bird. Yeah. What the hell was that called? Storm. The sto- storm. Stormbird. Stormbird. I think. Stormbird. Uh, and even this- those ones were fucking huge. The storm. The stormbird. I saw from really, really, really high up in the sky. Right. So so it didn't look. Like there, there are smaller birds, and then there are these bigger ones. Yeah, the smaller ones, and, which are my least favorite enemy in the game, the glint hawks. Yeah, those ones sucked, um, because they were just everywhere. They were like the goomba of this game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but um, the storm bird, I saw some really really high up, and I thought it was a glint hawk because it was so high up that it was small. Sure. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm just gonna shoot at this thing and and take it out. And I shot, and my arrow couldn't reach it. And I'm like, why? And then I got its attention, and it slowly lowered to the ground. And I'm like, oh my god, oh god. it's getting really, really, <laughs> really, really, really big. It's getting dark outside. It's blocking out the sun. <laughs> yeah, it really did. It was incredible. Uh, Every enemy was awe-inspiring, in a way. Just about. Um, and I got to a the point in the game. The friggin' rock one? Yeah. The sand one? That's just what I was going to say. I got to a point in the game where I was, like, level 25. I was, I think I was on maybe right before... You kind of you can tell when the end game's coming, you know. Yeah. It's like this story doesn't have much legs left, and I was just doing a side mission. And I plopped myself. I I thought I had seen everything. I know how to defeat everything, and yep. I plopped myself into a big field for no reason. And the ground starts rumbling, and I'm like, "What <laughs> the fuck? There are earthquakes in this game. I know the weather's really good, but they made earthquakes." And then yeah. maybe the third biggest enemy in the game erupts out of the ground and knocks me seventy feet. And kills me immediately. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> like, well, I had no, I just started running. I didn't know that like the part of the fighting that enemy was you have to kind of be quiet on the ground, so it can't. It was like tremors, so I just yeah. died immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Every enemy is is pretty scary. They 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 lunge at you with this like ferocious, vicious ferocious. strike. Yeah, yeah. I think, it, they're all ferocious strikes. I think the rock eaters, whatever those were called, I think those were the most difficult enemies, right? It took the longest to beat them because you had um, to get rid of the dumb claws that could dig into the ground. But yeah, they were really smart about the way they. The AI was when you were sneaking. The AI was not good, but in combat, the AI was pretty good. Yeah, um, and they were just a pain in the ass. They also did a good job, like you said, about the the points to hit the targets. Mm-hmm. They kind of scaled them in such a way where there are targets you can go for that'll slowly wear down the thing, and there's some of them have really tiny targets that are size of like shot glasses. If you hit yeah. it, it'll do like a ton of damage, but it's just, it's impossible to hit. So you don't really bother unless you can tie him down with the rope caster. Yeah. Or you got to use that, that slow motion ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It, uh, so the combat is to me, what really shined in the game, it did have some flaws in the, the acting was pretty bad. Yeah, it was, it was fairly bad. It was, uh, the dude from the wire was in it. Yes. Lieutenant Daniels, uh, whose name I'm forgetting right now unfortunately but uh me, me too <laughs> uh, he was pretty it, it looks just like him that was cool i like when video- yeah i was like when i first saw him i was like oh this guy looks just like him i wonder if it's him and i had to look it up yeah video games do that occasionally and i feel like it's the thing that actor makes it's like i'll be in this game if you make it look just like me <laughs> like i don't know why like martin sheen was the um all oh, right the man in in mass effect 2 and mass effect 3 the uh the, inv- the elusive the man. elusive man dumb name <laughs> was called the invisible yeah. man but it didn't look like Martin Sheen, just sounded like him. And that happens occasionally with actors, but sometimes they're like, no, you make this look exactly like me. And they did. Yeah, Kevin Spacey was in a, oh, was God. In a, a Call of Call Duty of game, Duty, and it was, was kind of weird. It was really weird. Yeah, bad game. <laughs> and he just played Kevin Spacey, because that's all he does now. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing, God, Horizon pissed me off to start. I did not like the beginning of that game. Yeah, I was going to say, you were Facebooking me just... Just complaining, and I was like, "Just give it time. Just give it a little yeah, time." It's like, it's like a three and a half hour. Like it takes a while to establish through, and that's I think that's the worst part of the story when it's just kind of setting up that you're part of this. It's not Native American, this Native tribe. Although I guess it is America, but it's not obviously. You know, it, it takes place a thousand years in the future, and you're this Indian tribe. It's a post post apocalypse. Yeah, 
And it's just like setting up this lore. It's like, I don't care about this tribe because the story is not particularly told well. And the, the, just like, I don't get me to the big dinosaurs already. And it just took a long time to get there. But as soon as it did, I was like, okay, now I'm going to play this game for the next six days and not drink or sleep or eat or go to work and just, just taste away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite as harsh as you on the beginning, but I, I do feel like it's a whole new world. Um, they had to establish some of it. Like they had to establish yeah. something there. It's a, it's a giant open world. That's not realistic at all. And so I, I do feel like they have to establish it a little bit by the, by the end of the game, I'd completely forgiven them because as bad as I think as the writing and the acting is the overall story and kind of mythology they created was really cool. I love it. It was a really, really well done, you know, it was something I haven't seen before. It was a pretty, like, if this was a movie, it would be a pretty good sci-fi movie. Absolutely it would be. Um, it just did such a good job of kind of telling and not showing. Um, uh, Are we not spoiling? Around. Um, I don't think we're, uh, we can, yeah, we can spoil. Fuck you. Listen yeah, it's been, like a, it's been like a month. It's been a month. <laughs> this game takes a month to beat, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. I, I won't. Well, yeah, because I, I, I do want to talk about it. Yeah. I, there was a. So hold there, on. If you intend to play Horizon Zero Dawn, fast forward four minutes. Yeah. There we go. Okay. So I thought it was a really, really good sci-fi story in that just uh, they they do a twist and the twist actually got me. Did did it did it get you like it got me? No, I don't even. I'm not sure what twist you're to what you're referring. So, so the whole time in the story, they're making it sound like they they start talking about Zero Dawn, and I thought, oh, okay, this is some sort of super weapon that caused the apocalypse. I I thought, okay, they built some weapon, they they were able to defeat most of the robots, but it destroyed the world essentially. Yeah, okay. And so, so that's kind of what I was thinking of. And then all of a sudden, you go into a room, and they're like, okay, well, no, Zero Dawn is just bullshit. It's just to buy you guys some time. What we're actually doing is re restarting the world essentially gonna, the world is going to die and we're going to restart it that was yeah so i guess i didn't i don't i guess i didn't consider it a twist um it was a very that got me when i went in that facility i was like holy shit it was, okay it was a revelation maybe like a big reveal um seeing the hologram that's kind of like yes that's that's giving the bad news and... that's the, the thing is so to what you're referring is they basically say we invented these awesome robots that do everything for us and we accidentally Gave them the ability. They, they were. They we gave them too much ability, and they they figured out how to. Well, they never had. Take over. They never had true intelligence. They were just robots that they they basically made robots that could live off the land and live off people. They made robots that could eat stuff to yep. and, and reproduce. And so the yep. robot, its only job was to eat stuff and reproduce. And it was like, you know what I can do? I can eat people. And so they did that, and they did it way better than we could ever in a million years. And they took over the planet, and they said, oh. We can't beat these things. There's no way we're going to be able to unless we kill everything. We have to destroy right. the entire planet and build the system because our computers are so smart. It's going to restart the system. Then we're all going to die. Everyone's dead. And yeah. then hopefully in a thousand years, the new people will spring up and be a-okay. And that's that's the that's what you reveal. You find out to be who you are. And yeah, you're right. I didn't see that coming. I thought the people were survivors for thousands of years. I didn't know it was a completely new civilization. And the ending kind of got me too like when when she goes and finds that that yeah like herself. like the story revolves around this one incredible woman that that and so when she finds that one incredible woman and kind of gets a little wispy eyed I kind of got a little I got a little touched by it sure. I thought it was a touching moment well they were the same person right she was a clone yeah um again wow lots of spoilers we got like a minute left before <laughs> if, if, if hey you said four minutes <laughs> okay so we got like six, not much more time um but no, I loved the story. I liked the action. I agree with you in terms of some of the acting sucked, and I think some of the animations when people are talking not sucked so great. too. Like not not they're very expressionless at times, and uh, and I liked the villain too because the villain was just actually following through with its purpose. Yep. So basically, what happened was like I forget why, but for whatever reasons, people got out too early. And the villain was actually another computer program that was set to destroy the whole world and start again, and that's all right. it was trying to do. And then the cool I think it, I think it was it was a piece of it that was set to act if the world creation didn't start off very well. It was like a reset. Yeah, and that's kind of what it thought had happened. Yeah, 
And um, the fi- the last thing I'll say is I thought it was really cool that it incorporated all these animals, these uh, beasts, the ti- the the tigers and the glintocks. They're all their purpose is to reestablish the planet. They're machines. They're the robots that bring the world back to life. Yep, which was kind of cool because you're always wondering like, why are these fucking robots eating grass? What are they doing? Yeah, they're all doing. Yeah, they're exactly. accomplishing jobs to pu- to put the world back together, and so it yep. was really kind of like a um, oh, they're a part of nature. They're they're this they're part of the ecosystem, and that's why they kind of respect them so much. I guess in mm-hmm. a maybe in an on the nose way of saying this is how Native American tribes respected the animals, and they use all the parts of the animal like that kind of thing. Yep. Uh, it was it was yeah, it was just excellent. Um, my other big complaint about the game is the ambient characters in the game in the city had four lines. Yeah. And they all said them. So you'd walk by a lady and she would say, a woman's running the hunter's lodge. Can you believe it? And then you would walk by a guy <laughs> and he would say, a woman's running the hunter's lodge. Can you believe it? It's like, why didn't you? <laughs> you had these people record things. Why did you have them record the same thing? Why not change their lines of dialogue? Yeah. It's... It was ridiculous. That... <laughs> I stopped caring or listening to any of those people. That 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 was another thing that was bad. The the hubs were really, they didn't feel alive at all or anything like that. Yeah, the, the hubs were pretty bad. Um, but the game wasn't about the hubs. No, the game was about being away from the hubs and fighting giant dinosaur monsters. Yep. And it did that. I mean, this this to me, we talked about um, genre defining games. I think this is one of them. It really, it brought a whole bunch of new stuff to the table. Yeah, it's the best game for PS4 so far. Oh, I think clearly. I don't think it's close. Um, it, 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 so you say it brought a bunch of new stuff to the table. I, I In terms of enemies, I agree with you. But I think in terms of everything else, it kind of just took what other games did well and, and made them better and sort of put sure. those things into their game. Yeah, okay, so I'll rephrase. It took a bunch of things that hadn't been perfected and perfected them. It's got the Ubisoft formula of like going to a high place and mm-hmm. seeing more of the map. It's got that Witcher formula of uh, you go into the detective mode, kind of, and and following. It footsteps did have the same kind like of high lit, high lit footsteps of the Witcher, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, as soon as that happened, I was like, "Oh, this is the Witcher." So my guess, maybe my point is that I haven't seen it all done in one game before, and I think that's kind of what we're talking about doing now. Yeah, in terms of putting everything together, it did it very, very well. I think we'll start seeing that more, yep. and. Uh, which one did you like more? Oh God, that's so hard to say. I know. Um, I haven't finished Zelda yet. Okay, so, so maybe not. Would it make a difference if you were playing but, Zelda on the Switch and not on the Wii U, or is it the same thing? I don't think so. I th- I think from from what I've seen, it's pretty much the same game. Like the processing power of the Switch isn't any better. It does not get frame like rate the, or whatever. The draw distance is a little better on the Switch, but that's kind of it. That. That doesn't matter too much to me. Yeah, it doesn't. Okay, so so you're not picking. And, you're a little chicken. And, yep. Oh, okay. And last thing, let's 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 run through the animals. What uh, I guess <laughs> what what animal to robot comparison struck you as the most strange? Did any of them stand out for you? I mean, the the bird that I thought was an ostrich. <laughs> yeah, is probably is probably up there. What um, were the guys with the big shells on their back supposed to be? Um, turtles? <laughs> you know the ones I mean that made the shields? The, be- the bellowback. No, not those. Oh. No, oh. the guys that had the big canister on top of them, and they could shoot lasers with one hand, and they made a big shield. They were good enemies. They made a big shield with the other hand. Yeah, I have no idea on that one. Like like crabs? I guess they were kind of crabs. And the bellowbacks like to me were just big beetles. They looked like beetles and elephants to me. Oh, They were kind of yeah. elephants. A little bit. <laughs> And it's then a great game. The only t- the only two that to me were too similar were the um, Ravager and the Sawtooth, which is the same thing, but the Ravager shot lasers from far away, right? Yeah, there was th- the Thunderjaw was also similar to something else. I forget what it is. There was like a lower powered version of it. Yeah, there was like a lower powered version of it, but I don't know. I forget which one it is. No. Um, Are you thinking of the Ravager? No. No, the Thunderjaw was like the big like Stegosaurus thing. Yeah, it was uh, huge and it had it had the disc launchers and the rockets and the what was, what was that like? Yeah, whatever. We can move on. Okay, I have no idea what you're talking about. Sounds good. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chuck. I think it's time for uh to return to something that we've haven't done in a while. Um, 
a little three fine things. Three fine things. Three fine things. Three fine things. Hey, if you if you like Elton John and the way he sings, here's some other stuff. It's three fine things. Great. Yep. <laughs> that is not one of them. <laughs> no, the well, the way Elton John sings is a fine thing. Laughing like lovers. Lovers to covers. <laughs> Hold me closer, Tanner Danver. Not a good Elton John impression. No, you're singing it like a like a Pearl Jam or something. Hold me closer, Tanner Danver. Hold me closer, Tanner Danver. Oh. Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> that's a good bit. We do Pearl Jam singing other songs. I could dumb down for that. Not right now, though. We got to get to three fine things. Anyway, three fine things. Do you want to start? Um, sure. Because mine, yeah, mine kind of ramp up. My first one, I'm not too excited about. I just think it's perfectly fine. And it's uh, backup cameras. Ooh, that's a great one. Yeah, they're wonderful, aren't they? Wait, why are they just fine? I thought they would be great. Well, because you don't need them. I like feel like you, I do need them now. No, you never did. You were fine without them. <laughs> When's the last yeah. time you got into a car without a backup camera? Uh, well, I sometimes I I get to like pick my mom up or use her car. It's jarring when it's not there now. It's jarring, and I find myself going to reverse and looking at her console, which doesn't <laughs> yeah. have it, and just go reversing anyway. Like, oh, the radio will tell me what's behind me. Yeah. <laughs> then I quickly correct. I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta turn my neck backwards now. Jeez. <laughs> oh, there's a ninety-eight <laughs> five behind me. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, it's it is a it's a switch that once you make it, it's really it's it's tough to it's tough to describe how awesome it is once you have it. Yeah. But if you don't have it, you're like, I don't I don't need that, and you don't need it. You're fine without it, but it's it's a nice little luxury to have that it's actually now mandatory. I think all cars have to have them, like oh. n- newly built cars. You don't have to retrofit your nineteen nineteen ninety seven Corolla, but. <laughs> it's now mandatory that if a car's company's going to make a new car, it must equip it with a backup camera because they are a parallel parking. Holy shit. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. just, it's, it's amazing. It's absurd. How, and how do we, how did it take this long? Probably, probably price. Like we could have put a big old chunky VHS camera in the back of a, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah, it's just a wonderful little piece of Every car just has, old cars just had like these giant lenses behind them. Yeah, that's right. Because uh, cameras were bigger know, back then, too. You know what I don't like about the backup camera or the features that has to get added to it? What? I can't toggle it on or off whenever I want to. Oh, yeah. I should just be able to turn it on and then I can look behind me instead of only when I'm in reverse. Yeah, when um when I test drove that car, we have the same car. We have a Toyota Corolla. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. that was one of the first questions I asked. I'm like, can I have this on all the time? And they said no, and that sucks. Which is, it doesn't make any sense. I have mirrors. This would just be a better that. I guess it does kind of make sense because wouldn't that be distracting? Are your mirrors distracting? No, but it's much it's easier thing. for me to look to the I don't know to the right than your- up and right. But your side, no, it would just be another way. I know. I can't. Like, I can't oh. think of. A, I'm trying. I'm trying to play devil's advocate a little bit. I'm failing. Sure. But. I, I guess there would be something to. But it's like anything else. Every everything in a car is dangerous. There's nothing safe about cars. You're hurtling True. down pavement at seventy miles an hour on a three-ton <laughs> block of metal. <laughs> like there's nothing safe about these things. But I think if you could, t- if you're Companies are always looking for ways to get sued and avoiding them. So I feel like this is one avenue. I remember, I can't remember the name of the guy who wrote it or the title of it, but when I was in college, one of the first essays I ever read was a, a, a theoretical essay that just a guy was doing a thought experiment that said if, if it was, ni- I think it was written like 1985 or whatever. And he said, if we, if someone presented in this market a thing that would improve our capability to move around by 200%, but it was all it would also kill 500,000 people a year. It would never be allowed ever in a billion years. It would never become legal. Yep. It's but cars are such a part of our society and such a dangerous one that we're like, yeah, we understand that this kills a billion people a minute, but we I'm I'm not walking to work. It's true. So, no, well, that's all. That was my first fine thing. All right, I like it. I got to I got to find the name of that essay. I got to read it again cuz it was very interesting. 
That is true. I didn't know where you're going at first when you said that, but that's a good punchline to it. Um, my first fine thing is weird. Um, okay. So it is the fact that I know how full something is just by listening. Like I was filling up a like a thermos, and so as <laughs> as the water goes in it, the pitch stop, gets higher. Stop! Stop! What you you just said? I was filling up a thermos. Well, well grabbed a Pepsi bottle and waved it in front of the camera as if to say a thermos like this one. I was using this as an example <laughs> of a thermos. This, this is my thermos. No. Yeah. No, but I was filling up a thermos, <laughs> not the Pepsi bottle. Did you get the thermos out of a vending machine for a dollar fifty? Yeah, yeah, and then they, you have to self fill it. You have to fill it yourself. Yeah. Okay, good. It's cheaper that way. And so, as you're putting the water in the thermos, it goes, it gets higher and higher pitch. So I know there's like a certain note that says, "Hey, uh-huh. this water is at the top," and you just, yep. without even looking, you know to stop. I think that's cool. All right, I have nothing to add. What? <laughs> I mean, it's what do you know, do you know of what I'm talking about? Of course I do. Okay, Everyone so- knows what you're talking about. It's just uh, I think it's a thing we've all agreed to never mention because it's so such a simple part of our lives. It's simple, but I don't think it's as simple as as you think it is. Okay. Um, it's a uh, it's note acknowledgement. We have a we have a tone deaf friend named Eric Sylvester. Yeah, I feel like uh, maybe he would fail at that because he has because <laughs> he's so musically and tonally ungifted that he wouldn't be able to pick it out. Do you think? Um, no, because it's a pretty constant change. It goes from low to high. Right? I like how you did the Eric impression at the beginning. Um, <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, fuck. <laughs> well, what you're not hearing is the tone. You're hearing this vessel become full, and when the water hits it at the bottom, it's empty, and that water echoes around everywhere, and as it becomes more and more full, what you're only hearing now is just the sound of the faucet. Now, I am not a scientist, and I made all that up, but it sounds right to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean... And you said you had nothing to add to it. I think I have thought about this, because I have a Brita canister. Yeah. You know, like one of those three-gallon, you know, the big rectangular block Brita oh, yeah, water yeah. water carafts, like these big terrines, and you fill the kind of top half up, and it slowly drips down, but mm-hmm. there's only a little, like it's the size of an iPhone, the, yeah. the water entrance way. I kind of hate those know, things. Yeah, they're pain It takes so long. Um, a, new, a new fine thing could be uh, the new Brita filters that are instant, and they're great. Um, Ooh. But uh, yeah, so I, I, I use that mechanic that of our ears to, to gauge how full it is sometimes. I also use my eyes, but... Oh, that's um, good. Sure. <laughs> I like filling up water and not looking. Okay. Yeah. No, it's good for multitasking. Sure. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I have... Okay, so I have two... One of them I'm a little... One of them's a little... I don't know if, if serious is the right word. One of them's a little bit serious, so I'll sh- I'll, should I do the serious one now, or, or do that one third? Uh, do the serious one now. All right. Um, You know what are fine? <laughs> what are fine, Chuck? Panhandlers. Panhandlers? Panhandlers. They're fine. Stop it. Just let them, just let them sit on the road and ask for money. They're not, they're not hurting anybody. They're just there. And just let them be. You don't got to arrest them or give them or find them because they they are announcing as loudly as they can. They don't have any money. Just let them sit on the road and just they're fine. Stop it. What if they really what if they aren't real, though? I don't. It's that 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 is like, not well, a like what if they reason. really what if they aren't really in the situation that they say they're in? Then more power to them for getting the 75 cents they get from whoever. It's still not a good enough reason to make it illegal that they can't just stand there. Okay. I, I have no like, problem with that, but they I, it does bother me a little bit. It's it's fine with bothering you. 
Okay. It bothers everybody because what we see when we see panhandlers is we see a manifestation of our guilt, right? Yeah. The reason it bothers Wait, you is because like... <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. You, you say, you're on the road and you say, well, that guy doesn't have any money. I do have money. I do not want to give it to him. And you feel, sh- you in your heart, you feel shitty for not giving someone who needs it money. That's what the bad feeling is. Mm. Not so at this we're... point. No? You don't I... feel bad when you see someone out in the cold? It's 30 degrees out and they're on the, the side of an intersection with a sign that says anything helps and they get a little puppy with them and a, and a, a knapsack full of all their belongings? No, because I don't believe them. I... Bill, I'm pretty sure most of them are actually homeless. I don't think. So in Maryland, it used to annoy me because there were, there was a frequent corner that I had to drive by every day. And every sure. day I would drive by and I'd see someone new mm-hmm. on that corner. So okay. I never believed those people because if you find a corner, you're going to you're gonna stay on that corner. Like we used, to, we used to live in D.C. And D.C. had people that were in the same spot every day. And I knew sure. those people were real. Sure. Uh, every so often I would give them money because I could... They were just sitting there. Sometimes they wouldn't even ask for money because, you know, they've been doing it all day and they're just used to being there. I knew those people were real. Okay, I would posit to you this. Even if they are not actually homeless, they are still in a state of life which has reduced them to panhandling. (laughs) Sure. Which is not great. And if we're going to allow firefighters to be on the roads and ask to put money in the boot, and we're going to have Girl Scout cookies in front of Stop and Shop and say, give me the money for the cookies... I think if even 60% of the people in the streets are actually homeless, it's fine. And I say this because there's a dumb town in Rhode Island run by a dumb guy that just made this thing illegal, and it's ridiculous. Oh, okay. I was going to ask what prompted this. That's, again, I don't like, no one likes looking at, the, looking at them. You feel bad. You want to give them money, and sometimes you don't, sometimes you do. You always feel good about yourself when you do a little bit. Sure. And... All we're doing is legislating away our guilt. We're saying, I don't like looking at this person. Make it illegal. It's, it's, no, fuck you. You have a car. They don't. They're, they can stand there. That's, that's the, they can stand there. Why is that not a... Yeah, making it illegal, illegal to just, is weird. It's just stand around. Nope, you can't stand around on a public fucking road. That's, <laughs> it's just absurd to me. And it's kind of like the old Dennis Leary bit. Um, and say what you will about him. Uh, he had that bit about animals. We yeah. want to eat the we want to eat the ugly ones, but save the cute ones. Right. If there was a tiny little white girl with blonde hair and pigtails and a big lollipop and a kitten, and it said, "This is helping me get my cat a new haircut," it, she would be filthy rich in a half hour. <laughs> but because it's a it's it's an ugly fat guy with smelly clothes and like a pack of palmals hanging out of his shoulder pocket, you're like, "No, <laughs> fuck that guy." <laughs> It's just, just let them stand there. Why are we bothering these people even more? They're not bothering us that much. They're fine. They're fine. They're the, they're fine. Okay. That's all I have. I like it. I like the passion. Okay. Which town? Cranston. Really? Dip, the dipshit capital of this state. Cranston. Oh, Cranston's a good place to panhandle, too. You, I guess you would think so. There shouldn't be that many of them there. If any city was going to do it, it'd be Providence. I drive past these people every single day. Yeah. Uh, but nope, Cranston run by... Yeah, okay. Anyway, they're fine. Just let him Just let him stand there. I'm sure he's listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, my second one. This one I fully expect to be quick. Uh, okay. Dress pants. Yeah. Oh. Ooh. Go ahead. Ooh, I, I like your reaction, though. Um, So, jeans, I think, are overrated. Jeans are... Heavy dress pants are dress pants are light. I used to like wearing uh, I used to when I didn't work from home, I used to dress business casual and have to wear dress pants almost every day. And dress pants are way lighter to the point where like the belt sucks. Um, but when you can not have to wear the belt and stuff, and it, dress pants are lighter and more comfortable, in my opinion. Do you, do you not wear a belt with jeans? No, oh, well, I wear a belt with everything. Um, Dress pants, dress, yeah, belts suck. Dress pants are criminally underrated. Yeah. They call it casual Friday because I guess jeans look more casual, but dress pants are a thousand, they're like sweatpants sometimes. They're soft and they're silky. Yeah. I love dress pants. Yeah. Yeah. I have way more dress pants than I do jeans. I'll wear jeans on the weekend and that's about it. Right. Or if I'm going to go. You kind of feel like you have to. 
Because, you we know, because even though dress pants are more comfortable, if I wore dress pants just randomly, I feel like people would say something, but... Well, you would just have to dress up. You have to, You can't just do dress pants and... Like a t-shirt. A, Nike, a t-shirt doesn't go t-shirt. with dress pants, yeah. But if you're, willing to, if you're willing to go, like, full Paul F. Tompkins and just dress like an aristocrat every day... Yeah. Which I'm okay with, too, if you want to do that. But it's, sometimes you have to wear jeans if you're working outside or you're, you know, going on something. Your dress pants are not very durable. They're not That's very the functional. They're not warm or anything. That's the thing. The dress pants are the comfortable part, but the rest of the ensemble probably isn't. The the dress shoes, the belts, the tucked-in shirt, the the tie if you have to wear it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, uh, it's weird. Yeah, no, but I'm totally with you. Dress pants are great, and I think jeans are overrated. Okay. Jeans have like a have a stranglehold on the pants market. Yeah, and there's a lot Everybody of wears jeans there's a lot of the cheaply time. made jeans that that aren't yeah. comfortable either. That that just um. Don't respect your balls. <laughs> okay. And there, if, unless, I mean, I, I, when I shop for jeans, I go to Marshall's and I'll get a pair of Levi's for 20 bucks. But if you want a pair of new jeans from like, oh yeah, I don't know, an actual clothes store, they're like a hundred bucks. That's yeah. way too much for pants that I'm just going to beat the shit out of. Cause that's yeah. what they're kind of designed to do. Right. They're <laughs> cowboy clothes. Right. That's kind of the denim was like a tough, durable material that could stand up to the rigors of, of everyday use of a man. Yep. And then it became fashionable eventually. No. I mean, I like jeans. Don't get me wrong. Jeans are, they're, they're fine too, but dress pants are also fine. There's nothing wrong with dress pants. Back off. Leave them alone. <laughs> Leave jeans alone. You. <laughs> jeans are just I... standing there. Let them stand there. <laughs> That's right. Oh, okay, that was a good one. All right, what's your third fan thing? My third fine thing is I've gone back and forth on this thing for the majority of my life. I spent the first Ooh. Uh, 13 years of my life not caring about this thing. Then I spent a couple years Sex. really caring about it. Then I spent a couple years not caring about it. Then I kind of cared about it again. Now I just haven't really cared about it much. Condoms. Baseball. Ooh. I was close. I think I want to get back into baseball a little bit. I think the Red Sox are going to be good in a couple years, and I want to not be a complete bandwagoner. <laughs> <laughs> And it's it gets baseball gets a lot of shit nowadays because it takes too long and the game's drawn at midnight and yeah. there's a million of them and people think it's boring and yeah it is kind of boring. It's a but back. It's a something... background. It's a thing that's on in the background, which is fine to me. I kind of like the idea. Sure. We were talking on Facebook earlier of maybe starting up a poker game. You know, it sounds really really nice going to one of our apartments, sitting on the table playing poker and just having the game on in the background. Oh, baseball's a great game to play poker too because there's a pitch and then there's another 30, 35 seconds until a pitch that you can do stuff and, and talk and whatever you need to do. So, yeah, baseball's a baseball's a perfect game. It's it's hard for me now to actually like sit and deliberately watch a baseball game. Oh, no, that's, don't be ridiculous. That's, but, that's crazy but a talk. fish, like a fish tank kind of deal, I'm perfectly yeah. fine with that. Uh, yeah, it's... And I, I, I say it's a fine thing knowing that I think the rest of the country thinks baseball is a fine thing. But for the past five or six years, I've kind of been completely out on baseball, you know? Really? And I just kind of, I think, you know what, I'm ready to say, you know what, it's, it's fine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give baseball another shot. So, uh, yeah, baseball's fine. All right. I did a fantasy baseball team this year with a bunch of strangers on ESPN just because I wanted to, I don't know anybody. Did, I don't know any baseball players. Baseball, you got to, baseball's hard. You got to do it like every day and switch out your pitchers. Oh, fuck. I'm not going to do that. Oh, did you really? Uh, I thought you meant you already did it. No, I drafted it, but I didn't. Baseball, a fantasy baseball, you actually have to like. You can't set them every week? No, because if you have a bunch of starting pitchers, you have to. Like, you you don't don't set five. I don't think you set five of them. I think you have like two spots for starting pitchers, and Mm. you put them in when they're actually starting. Can't you just look at the week and say this guy's going to start on Monday and Wednesday and I'm just going to pop him in my lineup? You can plan it, but you deliberately have to go to each day and say, okay, this pitcher's doing it this day. This pitcher. There's, there's, I haven't done this it a long time. This is why I hate baseball, by the way. I this is why I hate time. baseball. It, it could be different, <laughs> but I used to have to switch them out. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, I only did it to learn the players again. Because there's two ways you can do that. You can buy a video game or play fantasy. And I chose fantasy. It is a great way to learn players. Because I don't know anybody. I know I can name six baseball players, maybe. You know? Like, I have really have not paid attention to it okay, at all. Okay, go. So, uh, Mookie Betts. Oh, nice. They're all Red Sox players. <laughs> can you name any non-Red Sox players? That'd be a better list. Um, K. 
can they have have can they have played on the Red Sox before? Sure, no, no. Um, Mike Trout. Ooh, nice. You got one. I got the best player in the league. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can do I can do like Giancarlo Stanton as a guy. That's good. Yep. Manny Machado. Yep. He's on the Orioles. Is Felix Hernandez still kicking around? Yep. <laughs> that dude's been around forever. <laughs> yeah. Um. But if we're going new players, uh, who's that guy, Javi something on the Cubs who made that ridiculous tag at second place? Javi oh, Baez? Yeah. yeah. That was yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, and if we're if we're going guys that are obvious, like Grenke's still in the league, and so is Robbie Cano and Adrian Beltre or whatever, but like new guys. Yeah. Uh, it's, that's kind of. It's hard. Who's the guy, uh, the pitcher out there in, in Los Angeles that's amazing? Clayton Scherzer? Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. There's like Strasburg, and but that's we're kind of topping out at around ten. If that's I don't not bad. count, that's it's better than I thought you would do. Yeah, but I if if I literally collided with Mike Trout in a grocery store tomorrow, I would not <laughs> know who he is. I have no idea what he looks like. All right, yeah. So that's yeah, but I I, I want to believe baseball's still fine, and I'm going to give it another chance this season. So okay, cool. I look forward to hearing uh, more of your baseball experience. Sure. Are you gonna? Are you? Do you still watch baseball? Um, I don't like, like it's a fish tank thing for me. If I'm at a bar and it's on, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll watch it. But um, do you like I, read like the game stories and stuff or? Yeah. I, and I always listen to like sports radio. So I'm always like abreast of what's happening. Sure. Um, if I'm like baseball's kind of better to listen to on the radio while you're driving than it is to sure. watch it on a couch deliberately. Um, I used to listen to it on the radio quite a bit, but other than that, it would be a background thing. Oh, to sit down and watch an entire baseball game, let alone 160 of them for a yeah. season, you have to be a sociopath. You can't do that. Who can do that? The Red Sox in 04, I did that when they when I was like 17 years old and I had nothing better to do. Yeah, we didn't have jobs and we, our days ended at 3 o'clock, sure. Ex- exactly. Yeah, that's when I did it. That's when I watched, I probably watched like 150 of their games that yeah, year. Yeah, but now I get home at 6 and I have to cook and I have other stuff and I just can't. Yeah, it's 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 a th- like that three hour commitment into yeah three uh, four and a half <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right but that's it that's that's we don't have to do a whole baseball episode what's what's your third fine thing Uh okay so so there are some things that I think uh that you kind of deliberately hide from people um okay so here's one thing that I I don't really say to people because it never. It never brings up a, like a oh that's great do you like you know it's more of a oh you like that kind of deal. I'm a little I'm a little nervous about this. No, if you had to guess, what would you say? Actually, that's probably a bad question. That um, there's one thing that you know that I enjoy that I probably shouldn't go around telling people that I enjoy it. Fast food. Uh no. Pro wrestling. Sure, same category to me. They're both in the equal. You should experience equal amounts of shame if you're getting if you're caught <laughs> eating a Big Mac or getting caught watching pro wrestling. I think it's it's the same amount of of shame. So so I don't watch it nearly as much as I used to, but I still keep track of it. Um, and there's a wrestler that ever since I have uh been watching it has been doing things, and it's the Undertaker. Yeah, you grew up. He's he's been in the game as long as you've been alive, right? For the most part. Yes. So WrestleMania is coming up. It's this weekend. Okay. Undertaker is going to be wrestling in his twenty fifth WrestleMania. How how old is he? He's fifty two. His name is Mark. His name is Mark Calloway. <laughs> okay. Also he, known as the Undertaker. Who's he wrestling? He's wrestling a, a an up and comer by the name of Roman Reigns. He's going to beat him, right? They're not going to do the dumb thing where they make him lose uh, again? I I think they might make him lose again. Uh, that's terrible. He's 52. He looks awful, by the way. He Does looks he? really bad. He apparently needs like a, a complete hip replacement, but he's putting it off until his career is officially Jesus. over. Doesn't he, but rest, go ahead. Keep going. He only wrestles like once or twice a year now because right. he's he just he can't do it. So it's like great and terrible to watch him at the same time. I'm like, dude, just just stop. You have plenty of money. Just does he have plenty of money? I think so. I think he makes like he lives pretty um like he doesn't live an extravagant lifestyle. He he is a he's a pretty quiet guy when he's not wrestling. So what does he do? So he wrestles twice a year. Do you know where he lives? Uh, no. <laughs> 
we should, should learn. I? We should look up some stuff. About I, I Mark think he's Calloway. from Texas, so I think he just. I think he has probably like a block of land and a he, big ranch, and just kind of walks around. Yeah, it I think he probably stuff. has a ranch. Yeah, yeah, and he and he rides motorcycles. I'm guessing stuff like that. Sure. All right. Kind of like a typical dude like that. I think he deserves some props for uh, for doing what he has done as long as he has done it. Um, me and you personally have have watched him and Shawn Michaels was yeah was just unbelievable to watch. Now, before I get roped into this, I am no longer a wrestling fan, but I was when I was a kid. I was hoping to rope you in. <laughs> and so it's nostalgic for me, but I haven't watched wrestling on sure. purpose live in 15, 16 years, maybe. Right. Um, but I remember him, and he was great back then, so I'm, I'm all for him. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to give him some props. Okay. So I felt like it was a good time thing. with WrestleMania coming up. Yes. The Undertaker is the, the fine thing. I did think it was really a bad decision on there because I because it, it's very pervasive now. Wrestling's really popular now. Yeah, it's it's they're on ESPN all the time, which is insane. They shouldn't be, but which is it, the weirdest insane. thing because it's not a sport. But it's, it's, it's it'd be like putting a TV show about sports on ESPN. It doesn't. It's it's bananas. Right. It's like imagine if ESPN covered Friday Night Lights like they did a sport. It's like no, that's not what this is. Right. <laughs> but uh, they had him lose his streak to Brock Lesnar. Yeah. And it seems to me like Brock Lesnar was never going to be the Shawn Michaels. He was never going to be Stone Cold Steve Austin. And they wanted it so hard. You know, they really wanted him to take over. And they, they've kind of been looking for that guy, right? Ever yeah, a little like bit. John and they, Cena and... I, I think they think Roman Reigns is that guy. So, so they're just... I, I think he's going to lose to Reigns. Oh, that, but that didn't work last time. Who can, No one gives a shit about Brock Lesnar anymore, right? Uh, he's in the main event this year. So people give a shit about him then? Okay. <laughs> Do you know who he's facing in the main event? <laughs> oh, um, would I know? Yes, you would know. Which is sad because that means it's someone really, really old. I gotta, I would, I have to assume it's Triple H? No, it's Goldberg. Goldberg? Do you remember Goldberg from like yeah, 20 was, years ago? He was in the WCW, right? So WWE yeah, yeah. does this thing that I hate, is just bring back constant old dudes and... It's it's so hard watching these old guys fight, but anyway. Yeah, well, okay, so Brock Lesnar's going to win that one, right? I hope. Do you hope? Do you actually have a rooting? Like, so when you root for a match now. So it's weird. You watch wrestling in a way. It's like like you try to anticipate how the storyline should go. Mm -hmm. It's a weird, like, like everyone's like wrestling's fake. And it's, uh, yeah, of course it's fake. It's a storyline. It's now you watch it and you say, okay, here's the guy who I really like who I think is very talented at doing this performance, who I think should win. Sure. It's it's kind of like when you watch you know, Breaking Bad, you don't want to see Walt die. You want to see Jesse get away. Right. Right? Right. Do you know anybody who is like an actual fan about it? That thinks it's real? Not thinks it's real, but it's like, it's like they're watching the Patriots a little bit, like that's, that are, oh. that's really into it. You don't have to name names, but just do you know anybody like that? I, I used to, um, when I lived in Maryland, I don't, I don't anymore. So they were like an adult. They were full. There was one guy who like, if the, if he thought this person should win, if they didn't win, he was going to freak out, even though it's a predetermined deal. Mm. All right. Well, that's, that's strange to me, but I, I mean, I can't judge him for it. I'm, I'm, I like dumb stuff. Yeah. It's weird. Okay. Yeah, sure. Under Mark's fine. Fine guy. Undertaker, <laughs> the phenom, the dead man, the American badass. Wow. Okay. Nice. You rounded the them guy off. from. Uh, was he parts unknown? No, was he from Death Valley? Death Valley. Yes. All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs>